You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafiti and Eurosimos. All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth. And today we have the return for the first time since episode five, Dr. Sophie Fletcher, PhD, is in the building She has a master's degree in spiritual psychology, is trained in multiple bodywork modalities, has advanced level training in somatic experiencing, and has another master's and PhD in depth psychology with an emphasis in somatic studies. She believes the body speaks in symbols and symptoms, making the objective to listen carefully to these unconscious ways of being as guides into the hidden shadow that could be inhibiting one's being. Her intention is always to come with full compassion and resonance, focusing on being entirely with the person in front of her and attending to what comes forward through the innate wisdom of their body. Yes, Sophie is Eurasimos' beautiful wife. It's amazing to have her here once again. Sophie, welcome back to Here for the Truth. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I listen to you guys every single episode. So, Sophie has nice listened to, to, ev- be, to be here. Sophie has listened to every single episode and I'm really proud of you, and it means a lot. Thank you for supporting what we do. That's a that's a rare feat. I think you're one of four people that I know of that have. Thank, thank you for having such a good podcast. That for a non podcast person as myself, I actually really love listening to your guys's. What do you love about the podcast? Let's start off. We're going to talk about you, but like first, talk about what do you love about the podcast? <laughs> All about you, but also tell me about us. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I love about it? I love the range of guests that you guys have. I really, really deeply love that. Um, I will say also that it's kind of personal in terms of, of course, the guests that you guys have on are people that I'm also personally interested in. And the topics that you're going into are things that are personally interesting to me. So while they're so varied, they're, they're things of mine that I'm already curious about. And then I just love getting to... I don't know, hear about it more. And then even the more personal bent that you guys go on. I really appreciate mm. that in terms of going more into their personal journeys, what they've gone through, their triumphs, um, you know, what's been difficult for them, all of that. And then I think you guys are also really good at asking questions and letting guests talk and really share things. So yeah, it's a little here for the proof, for here for the truth, a uh, promo that you can. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate I, it. I know we agreed to like $350 for this episode. <laughs> Bump her up to 500 all right? I, I think so. After that opening, uh, without a doubt. Um, so, um, Sophie, uh, since I haven't seen you since episode five, um, what have you, what well, have you been... What I want to know. Like, the last time we spoke on this platform was in like April or May or June. It was June. June yeah, June, June, 20, June. June 2021. So like, what's changed for you since then? Yeah. Well, you guys were also, you were my first podcast right after finishing my PhD. So I was also, I think, in a bit of a haze on that. (laughs) Because it's like, you know, it's basically your life for six and a half years. And um it's the main focus it's what i would spend the vast majority of my time and energy on it's i mean not just the dissertation but the whole thing was six and a half years of my life 
there was just this thing always lingering. Like I was just joking with Yerasimos. We just got back from Greece for a couple of weeks and it was my first trip to Greece with him not working on my PhD. Mm. So it was kind of this like whole different experience of, because even when you're on vacation, if you're in a PhD program, it's like still there, like you're still supposed to be doing something. Um, so there isn't really like a relax, just let go and not do something. So that's been the biggest change. There isn't this sort of like little team thing always over me. Um, but I did have to really sit with like, what do I want to do now? Because that was my, that was my focus. That was my, even though I was seeing clients, it was like, that was the main thing. And so I sort of went more into seeing clients, um, dove more into human design since that wasn't the main topic of my dissertation and stuff. So I went more into that again. Um, I would also say I started learning more nervous system work from various places. Like one of the people I've been studying with um, or learning from more is Irene Lyon. Um, I just did her uh, SED beta course last year. Um, and various other people that I'm kind of following or just kind of like, I think her name is Lindsay Lockett. Um, just ones that have like more nuanced understandings and ways that they describe certain things around nervous system work that I've been really appreciating. Um, yeah, that's what I've been doing, I guess. Chicken keeping. I got into chicken keeping, you know, so basically I've been doing that at this point too. Yeah, but you know, it highlights something too that like we live in this world where information is at our fingertips, and that if you're passionate about something and you have in, and you have interest in something, I mean, you know, we we move somewhere that has some land, and you know, you you went full force into that. So you were taking chicken courses, um, and then you got all the chickens, and here we are, what one and a half years later, and we get fresh chicken eggs every morning, and you're incredible with it. It's your responsibility, and I love it. You roll down there with your overalls and you do your thing. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, had, I mean, I guess it's delicious bad eggs. And- they <laughs> are delicious. You, you've they you've had them. Um, it's been a lot of sort of following, even though I'm, you know, in human design, emotional authority and stuff. But as a projector, allowing myself to really be pulled by what's interesting to me at the moment and allowing myself to kind of go into it deeply, study, be with the material in different ways. Um and then I think that that's really impacted even just in terms of my work, like how I sit with people, how I am with people. Um, yeah, I would say that. Oh, and, you know, also coaching within your guys' awesome program. Another promo for you guys, Rise Above the Herd. Um, another, 150, so another 150. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so, so honored to be asked to be part of the, you know, the coaching staff on that. Um, and lead those calls. Cause there's also a part of me that's been feeling much more called towards teaching in Mm -hmm. certain ways or group areas, um, in that work. So I've been really, really enjoying getting to play with that, um, experience it more in the FOTT community as well that you guys have the membership community. Like I'm just really enjoying all the little avenues and pieces that I get to move into. So you're hired, you know, just, you're just hired. That's it. Uh, no, but it's actually a, a good segue, uh, just to talk about something that I think is important and something Joel and I 
I've always wanted to do with with the work that we do. We want to continue to make Rise Above the Herd more holistic. And so just when you when you talk about personal development work, I mean, you've been in this field for a very long time. How important is it to integrate the the biological, you know, the nervous system piece to any personal development process? Because you have so many schools of thought, you have so many teachers out there, you have so many coaches, and yet something that is so foundational and so important, which is your nervous system, your relationship to what's going on in your body, uh, your environment, how you react to the people in your life is, uh, you would think, so important. And yet it's a piece that's missing um, from a lot of the work that's out there. Can you kind of comment on that in your own journey too as well? Because maybe some people have listened to episode five, but if you want to highlight and how that has played in your own journey, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think it is, as you were saying, a very vital piece that has been missing from a lot of, what would you say, self-help, self-awareness work. Um, in terms of if you're not really having a, a, a deeper understanding of how your biology is working, how your biology is responding in life to stress, to situations, your ability to change that is drastically decreased. Why not try to get everything on board so that you're not dragging, you know, more weight or having to push more than is necessary? Um, I think the reason why it's not incorporated as much as I think it should, um, I think a lot of people don't know about it still. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not new, but it's relatively new in terms of this kind of work of, you know, 40 something years that it's really the, the idea around the nervous system trauma work has really developed. And so the coaching world, all of that is kind of in this go, go, go get things done, get from A to B as fast as possible. And, you know, say the affirmations and, write the to-do list and then your nervous system's going like, hold up. I've been learning about your system. I've been tracking you. I've been keeping you safe and helping you survive from day one. And now I'm just being sort of dragged along for the ride. I'm going to put the brakes on. So a lot of people talk about, you know, they've felt really frozen or or they're procrastinating a lot around things that they want to do. That's nervous system work. That's not necessary. It's not just mindset. Like you can't, for me, I mean, especially as a somatic practitioner, we can't leave our bodies behind. They can't be left on the other side of the door. Like they're, they're us. This whole, I know you've had people talk about this, but this whole mind body, you know, even those words, it's not split. It's a whole system that's creating the entire experience. So why are you going to, not include everything that you can get everything on board. You're going to go much faster um, and and much more smoothly. Um, so for me, I do think it's why it's not included as much as it's just kind of new or, um, and I think a lot of people just really don't know how to be with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know how to work with people in it. Um, they don't know how to address certain things. They haven't done the work themselves, so they haven't really delved into it. 
Um, and I will say it's a slower process. So while I'm saying you'll get there faster, <laughs> it's a slower get there to then go faster, um, depending on how much dysregulation is in your system that you're having to sort of, you know, build more regulation, gain greater capacity within your system to be with. It's not the quick fix. It's not the pill that you can take that's going to make everything better or numb you out so that you can just do the thing and override what's happening in your system. It is a slower, you're training your nervous system, you're being with the feelings, you're actually having to feel what's happening and process what's happening, um, letting the energies move through you, meeting them, getting in touch with your body. I mean, that's still, while it's uh, the buzzword right now is, you know, somatics, you do somatic work. Um, one, that's such an umbrella term that kind of, to me now, feels like it's been like washed out in, in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, but if we come back to the foundations of it, somatic work, it's like our bodies, they need to get up to speed. And so we're having to work with all of that. Um, so yeah, I think it's also like, what are, what are, what are the, res what are the results that we're conditioned to believe, uh, positive or that we're looking for in self-work and self-development? And is that result just a quick fix? Get me from A to B, you know, in some kind of very niche aspect of self-development as far as possible, or are we looking for long lasting transformation are we looking for wholeness are we looking for greater capacity we're we looking for greater regulation are we looking for a greater ability to actually deal with all the nuances and aspects of life as we meet them in any in any regard and i think that's that's a huge thing as well because this coaching world has so often just been all right what's the result how do we get there you know let's take as many shortcuts as we need to but the biological work, the nervous system work just does not cater for that. Yeah. And even, you know, there's certain people that I feel like I've come across where it's like they give it lip service, mm -hmm. you know, or like, yeah, you have to do this. So you have to do parts work or you have to do shadow work or you have to, you know, work on your nervous system, but they're not actually incorporating it into the actual program or the work. Um, it's sort of more of this, like, it's off to the side, this thing that you have to do. And I just think that, that that's an incomplete program in terms of, again, you're not addressing the whole system, the whole person. You're not shifting the way that the whole being is experiencing and expressing in the world if you're not including those pieces. Um, so I believe like do the, the holistic including the biology, putting an emphasis on nervous system work, somatic work, um, and the mindset and the emotions. It's like, then you're really getting in there. You're really shifting things at such a deep level that people can't go back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's like, I've had so many experiences of that, especially in my younger years of I go to a program, I'm all fired up. Oh my God. Those five days or those, you know, six weeks or three weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks or whatever the program is, is like 
yeah, this is amazing. I feel on fire. I can do everything. And then like it ends and like a week later, I'm like, what was that course? What were we doing? What was going on? You know, and maybe I got nuggets or whatever, but it's not like the deep, deep shift. And I feel like that's what's really, really needed in the coaching industry. The big shift of that focus that you're actually shifting such foundations within someone that in a week's time, that's still shifted. Mm -hmm. Mm. You don't slide back on that. You know, I mean, yes, you have to keep doing it. You have to, but even like, I mean, just to come back to rise above the herd specifically, it's like teaching certain tools and techniques and all of that, that anyone can go back to. Like even in these pieces, like nervous system work, and I don't want to make this sound flippant because it's not flippant, but it's also not rocket science. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to go super, 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 super deep into the nitty gritty science. Yes, you need a background. Yes, there's foundation. Yes, you don't want to do sort of the watered down, whatever, you know, super surfacey. You want to do deep work and, and understanding of it. And it's not rocket science because it's your biology. It's you. So whenever I talk to people about it or I'm really explaining different pieces, it's like there's like an immediate resonance. Because it's, um, it's it it just lands because it's true within your system. It's your lived experience of your of your being. Yeah, yeah. I think also too, this brings up the entire conversation of success. Like, what is success? You know, so you you take a course. You know, oh, great. I just did a thing, and now I sold everything, and I have all this money, and it's like. But you don't know how to you don't know yourself really on a deep level on a psycho emotional somatic level. Your reactions with your children or your partners, you know, are aren't aren't ideal. And so it's like we talk about holi holistic nature, like that has to play into it. Like what is successful? Like maybe you go through a program and like you don't have everything figured out, but you've been put on the right trajectory to really wake up and open up to a reality that you didn't even know existed about yourself and within the context of your life and who you ultimately want to be and how you want to present yourself. And so, you know, that word always comes to me like success. What is success? You know, I think obviously most people in the world, you'd like to have some money and they'd like to, uh, you know, do that. It's important. Obviously it's a, as, as we talk about often, it is a, it is a means to your survival, but what else is there? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally hear you, man. And like for me, the word that comes to mind is like, it's competence, you know? And, uh, you know, obviously we've spoken about this like ad nauseum that, you know, self-esteem is, you know, the, the the competence to deal with the basic challenges of life. But in that sense, isn't nervous system capacity the competence to deal with things on a biological level? Yeah. Yeah, isn't, absolutely. Isn't, isn't it self-esteem for the body? Yeah. We we actually talked about this in our music at Sky Talk, where we talked about human uh, the basic definition of self esteem based on Daniel Brandon and how like you know having the competence to to deal with life like you need to have a capacity within your nervous system or else you're just not going to be able to to function. One person's going to criticize you. One person's going to say something to you, and you're not going to be able to function in the ideal way or create what you want to create. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's a big big deal, and even um. 
I know we always bring it up or it's, you know, one of my favorites of all time. And, and but the Victor Frankl quote of between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space lies your, I'm going to, you know, paraphrase, but freedom and power. Um, and without the nervous system work, like there's no space there. Mm-hmm. For so many people, it's so immediate. It's such a knee-jerk reaction, response, trigger, um, activation within their system. And it's like that nervous system work is what gives you that space. It's what gives you the breath where you get to choose. You get that freedom. You get that power within yourself. You gain that capacity to make choices for yourself from a much more grounded place. And I feel like that's that self-esteem of like being able to trust yourself, Mm -hmm. being able to know that you have the ability to make a choice, that you can shift how you're responding to something, that you can maneuver yourself in the world without being flooded, without being overwhelmed constantly, without you know, not being able to have a conversation or be in the face of the smallest bit of confrontation. Yeah. Well, it opens up the space for whatever intellectual or psychological work that's been done to actually have an impact and to actually come into use. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because otherwise it's kind of all like theories and ideas. Yeah. It's, it's sort of this, you know, and I had a lot of that, all these good ideas and theories of how one is supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, all of that is well and good. And maybe there's, there's moments when it can come in and there's a shift and, you know, I'm not trying to like completely block the door on it. And it's a deeper shift when you really include the body, when you include the biology, when you include the nervous system, it's like, the autonomic nervous is like getting so much more deeper into yourself that it's natural. Yeah. And I think the importance of intellectual work and learning and having the education is that it create, it creates a framework for then understanding what the hell is going on in your body. Like my foundational was very psychological learning about parts work with doc, through doctors, Hal and Sidra stone and their system and all the other stuff I got into. And then when I started doing this different body work and nervous system focused work, like and shit started happening on a deep emotional le- level on a sensation level it was like whoa what is happening but i i had the knowledge to 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 hold it you know it's kind of i guess a little bit what Joel was saying before and you this talk about another word that gets thrown out in the 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 healing space is embodied you know everyone wants to say the term embodied and like i don't know how you can even use that term if there isn't an, a biological nervous system component when you're really tuning in to yourself on this subtle sensation level and understand what your go-to um, re- reactions are, you know, whether you are primarily in, let's say, a sympathetic state or let's say you're in more of a freeze state. I mean, I know you could speak more on this, Sophie. Like these are the things where you where you you have the knowledge and you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's totally how I respond. That's totally like my baseline. That is how I am with my my family or in the workplace or like, okay, what do I need to do to kind of be a little bit more balanced because it's not about like getting rid of any one of these states it's having the capacity to to have them at your disposal when you need to because they're they're they they support you when depending on the situation is that correct absolutely 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 and i would say i now rely more heavily i'll say 
on educational pieces, like even in my one-on-one sessions and stuff like that, I'm trying to, trying to, I'm explicitly teaching my clients about their nervous systems a lot of the time, much more than I used to maybe, you know, four years ago or something. It's like a level of compassion for oneself an understanding it's, and it's not like a victim, like, Oh, I'm at the whim of my nervous system and there's nothing I can do. It's, Oh, this is how my system has been trained. And now I can shift that. So now I have power over what is happening within my system. Um, or not power over that might not be the correct term that I would use, but you have, you have the knowledge to be with it in a different way and shift it um, in terms of like one of my favorite phase it, phrases that I've used is especially with um, these like knee jerk reactions and stuff like that is like adaptive then maladaptive now. So at some point, something that you did um, saved you in some way. Because the autonomic nervous system, its its job is safety and survival, safety and survival. Am I safe? Am I going to survive? So if we're in that framework, we did something at some point, usually at a much younger age, that was available to us that kept us safe. And so the nervous system went, oh, okay, that worked. Now you're, I mean, I'm going to say your general audience are adults, capable beings who now have more resources at their disposal, even if it's just they were an infant and now they actually can walk and move and you know do all these things. It's like your system's just still doing that thing as if you don't have all these other options now. Hmm. So through the teaching, it's like, hey, it's not bad. Your system is doing exactly what it's designed to do and what it needed to do at a certain point to keep you safe and have you survive. It's just that you now have different abilities. And so we just need to explore those. We just need to bring those more into focus. Um, One of my favorite things to do with clients is to like have them kind of more focus on their hands specifically in terms of like the capability within one's hands and that can really access more of that um, adult self, that capable adult self. Like how much can we do with our hands that we couldn't do when we were young? Like I can drive, I can feed myself. Something so basic as feed myself. I can change my own clothes. I can shower. I can like walk, you know, all these things that like my hands can do now that I'm an older person. And so sometimes it's just that like updating within the system and bringing in that compassion that there's something that kept us alive and now we can change it. So it's just Mm -hmm. tapping into that and by sort of teaching more of that in terms of, as you were saying, like more of the nervous system states, what they may experience, what may come from certain things. It makes it less... um, I don't know if I'd say personal, but it it makes it a little bit like there's a little tiny bit of like, oh, I can shift it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I see this work as almost like 
building the container for change or, or rebuilding it, so to speak, being able to hold transformation, you know, because without it, you know, you like any piece of material that's going to return back to shape immediately, right? But I think this is this is that in that regard what i want to do if you don't mind i know we've had this discussion before with like irene and others but i want to do a quick fire um just questions definitions with you so like what is the nervous system so when i'm talking about nervous system i'm talking about the autonomic nervous system so i want to be really really clear about that because there's other nervous systems i'm talking about and especially in this work specifically the autonomic nervous system and according to polyvagal theory. So that's my base. That's where I'm coming from with this. Um, the autonomic nervous system is basically anything that happens automatically within your system. So it's your breathing, it's your heartbeat, it's your digestion, um, even you know how you are in the world, all of that. So that's, I guess, the... Mm -hmm. The very brief. Okay. What what I mean, is dysregulation? More, but dysregulation is. <laughs> I feel like I'm a school of my pop quiz. Okay. Dysregulation um, is basically where your system has gotten stuck somewhere, um, or is like extremely quick to go to a certain state outside of the realm of what's appropriate to the situation. So it's somewhere in your capacity or something that like you learned that shutting down was the safest and thing that you could do to survive. But then you'll go to shut down when it's not necessary mm -hmm. or you're stuck there. So somebody who's like extremely chronically depressed, that's dysregulation. You're stuck in a certain state, whereas our nervous system is is designed to be able to move through all of the states within its uh, within its capacity to react appropriately to the situation. So that's where the if you know, I don't know if you asked says something to me like pick up the dish. I don't know. I don't know why that just came up. And I started like crying and throwing a hissy fit. It's like that's that, dysregulation. That <laughs> I don't. I don't know where that. I think it was, Anyway, um, but it's like that where it's like that's so that's not appropriate. Yeah, it's like life changing around us and we're unable to adapt to the situation. It's like you're driving a car and you're moving from like a suburban road to a highway and like you can't change right. gears. You can't change exactly. gears. Even though the environment exactly. has changed. That's a really great analogy. I like that. I might steal that. Cool. You're welcome. <laughs> what does it mean to build capacity? Build capacity is that ability to be able to move through all mm -hmm. the phases within your system appropriately. Again, so meeting the situations of what is around you appropriately within your system. So if it is called to go into shutdown and into that deep dorsal freeze, then th that's appropriate. If it's appropriate to go into fight site, that's appropriate. And you're able to do that. You're able to be in that state and then come out of it. Yep. So it's not getting stuck. Let me ask you this question. So like the autonomic nervous system obviously is all about safety and survival, right? Is it possible to do this work if one is just under chronic financial distress? Like if you're constantly in survival from that regard, hey, what impact can the biological actually play if we're talking about safety as a general umbrella? 
I would say that I would say, Ooh, I don't know. This just came to me, but I would say that it would help you get out of that survival state so that you could then make money and be able to support yourself in that way and continue up those things. So I would say that it's foundation. I mean, it's just, it's just foundational in terms of it would give you the capacity and the ability to then change that situation for yourself. Well, even if you're looking at Maslow's hierarchy, you know, the baseline is safety and security. Mm. So if you don't have it in your body, it makes it very difficult for you to achieve or succeed in the higher realms, you know? So that's, it's like, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. Like is should nervous system capacity be one of the rungs on that, on, on that pyramid? You know, I think I, I think it is. It's just inherent in the safety security element. Maybe the that's more of a, a material thing in terms of like, oh, I got to have a, a roof over my head and all that stuff. But I think it should be in there. Um, but I also think it's one of those things where I feel like there would be debate about where it would go on the pyramid. Would it be in the self-actualization? So I feel like a, yeah, so like a lot of people would fall into, oh, I'll do that once I'll do that when I don't, I, you know, I can't put my resources there right now. Now I'm not going to tell somebody like, if you literally can't put food on the, on the table, this is the work that you should be focusing on. And at the same time, focusing on this work might help you be able to put food on the table. So it's something like that could be done in conjunction, you know, as, 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 as a baseline to developing yeah. And even with, I mean, yeah, some programs are pricey, of course. Um, and I think there's also a lot that can be done that's pretty free. I mean, even, yeah. I mean, just to come back to Irene Lyon, there's a lot of people who have vast resources that are free online. Yep. So you could be watching it you know, and doing little pieces at least. Um, yeah, I'd say that, that I, I think that this is so foundational that it helps you with everything else. Yeah. So should this be even more foundational in terms of like bottom of the pyramid of do this foundation in order to be able to do the higher things more as well? Because it's as you know, it's like finding safety within yourself. That mm-hmm. capacity within yourself, mm-hmm. gaining that self-esteem within yourself to be able to create financial, you know, so that you can buy food, so that you can put yeah. shelter over your head. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. You know, what what it depends on the person. Because again, like if you don't have a place to stay, like or a place to live or food like you need a little bit of a space just to be able to have the capacity to even think about doing this kind of work i don't know it's it's interesting that's what i mean i would constantly be re-triggered you know if if literally the basics for anyway it's just it's just a philosophical contemplation i was having but like ultimately as within so without right i will also say so i've heard i've heard um it's very difficult to do this work if you are in a in an unsafe environment in terms of if you are in 
a physically abusive situation, this this isn't the time to be doing, you know, it could help you get out of that situation maybe, but it's also like that's first priority. That's what comes first. Get yourself out of the situation. You know, that phrase, and I don't a hundred percent, um, you can't get but the healthy. phrase of like you can't get healthy in the same environment that made you sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's wiggle room there slightly, but I will say that like I've heard that of like if you're doing a lot of this work and you're getting really in tune with yourself and you're we're working on your nervous system, but then you're living in a very unsafe, violent environment. Well, if you were healthy, you wouldn't choose the environment that makes you sick, right? Well, that's why I say like maybe, you know, you you could focus on it and it would help you get out of that. Yeah. But it, I will say that I have heard that it would like slow the process down. Yeah, yeah, of course. Within your system because you're unsafe. Yeah. And the whole the whole goal of this is to help you gain that feeling of safety. Yeah. We live in like such an like em- epidemic of short attention spans, you know, have a lack of focus of like hyper distractions um obviously with the with the continual rise of social media and you know other online dopamine hits where does how do you where does this fall into the nervous system um conversation for you and like what can people do because like you know for many people like even just to be still or to spend five minutes orienting you know can be can be difficult absolutely So I think what it's done with our nervous system is really, really stunted it. Um, Just to be completely honest, it's like, it is that quick fix. It's that I'm going to go outside myself and focus outside of myself constantly on others, on all this, um, out, 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 out. Um, And so it's, it's just not conducive. I'll say to like that deeper introspection to focusing on yourself, to really attuning to yourself, um, to gaining that capacity. And so this work flies in the face of that. And I think it can be really, really helpful for breaking those addictions um, or at least starting to chip away at them in terms of it is gaining that capacity to be still if you're not able to. A lot of the people, it's it's a lot of sympathetic charge. It's a lot of functional freeze, a lot of functional freeze within a lot of people. And so it's like this numb out, numb out, go outside, look at what's happening, get you know triggered by something or like something or, oh, somebody liked a picture of mine that gives an extra, extra dopamine hit. Um, all this stuff, but I was thinking about this the other day and I'm curious even what your guys' perception on this. It's just something I started thinking of is I'm curious about our systems in terms of we're social beings. We have social brains. We develop socially. Um, but I don't believe, and I'm curious how our nervous system is dealing with this to be so in tune with and aware of such a large um range yeah range of information and people 
Yeah. Like it's, it's not natural. We were we were developed. I mean, obviously, we're in very un, unnatural situations now in terms of how we live. Um, we're not living. Well, I won't say we we personally. Um, and I think probably a lot of your listeners are not living in huts on the ground in communities, catching and you know harvesting their own food and all of that. So we're already taken out of that in terms of like the tribe, the the smaller community. But I'm I'm starting to sort of feel into this question of how is just the larger social media situation affecting us in terms of being aware of catastrophes all over the world constantly. This person in, uh, I don't know, somewhere is feeling this and this person's feeling that and this person, like all of these different things, like we're not really, I don't think we're built to be in tune with that much. Um, Is 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 it like part of an evolutionary process though like yeah in many ways what's natural shifts like obviously nature is nature but in terms of you know what our psyches have developed technologically outside of us in terms of these new strains these new environments is this something that we might adapt to yeah and that's the question i've been sitting with of i'm curious if we have or yeah. if there's a little lag time or to what degree we have and is it good? I mean, I think there's always that too. Are we adapting in a positive way? Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think, you know, it's been, it's not just, oh, now social media. Yes, that's a huge, huge piece of it. But it was sort of like brought in through like television and, you know, gradually over a, a period of time. And even kids now being brought up with it. Um, if that's a real big shift for them. But yeah, anyway, just something to be contemplating that I'm chewing over. Of, um, but I will say that I think part of what I was thinking of that is that there that could also be a piece of functional freeze and freeze within people's system because it's a lot. It's a lot of information. It's a lot to be feeling into. It's a lot to be taking in. Mm-hmm. And if if there is a lag sort of in catch-up adaptation in our system to that degree, that high level, drinking from a fire hose a lot of times of information, then is that paralyzing within the system already? Because a trauma is something that's that's overwhelming to the system. Yeah. Can, that we can can't, you, uh, we can't uh, move through and integrate in, in immediate time. Can you talk about some of these terms that you've said, like functional freeze, what that means and other states yeah. that correlate with the nervous system? Yeah. So I thought this would be part of my pop quiz earlier. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm coming in for round, for round two. You know, Joel started off and now I'm coming in. <laughs> Great. So um, polyvagal, we'll, we'll sort of back it up into polyvagal. Um sort of let's say three main stages three uh sort of blended states within the autonomic nervous system um there's a ventral vagal that's the one that's sort of like calm cool collected connected feeling safe um it's with others it's it's really social engagement um then we're going to come down to a blended state so this blended state is is like a play state 
um, and you're going to have some sympathetic activation and ventral engage. So this is where we can play with each other. Um, there's activation, but there's also this connection. Then you go into sympathetic. Sympathetic is the next of the big stages um, or main stages. And that's going to be the fight flight area. Um, I will say fawn is in there-ish as well. Um, but fawn is not a biological state. Fawn is a learned behavior. Um, so then you come down as the next blended state, that's freeze or functional freeze. So freeze is more of the, the dorsal vagal break is on and the gas pedal of the sympathetic. So if you think of you push these two pedals down, there's no movement, but there's a lot of energy being used within the system because the dorsal system, which is the, the bottom um, of the, the main states is shut down. It's mm -hmm. full shutdown. It's the antelope that has been um, captured by the lion and is flooding its body uh, with, with hormones in order to not feel the pain because it is in demise and it's on a scale. So I'll say that. So um, dorsal and ventral, like there are parts of the parasympathetic. Yes. According to polyvagal. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you kind of think about it, it's like autonomic, then you have, uh, sympathetic on one side and then you have parasympathetic and then parasympathetic branches out again into dorsal or ventral. Now, obviously there's a lot more nuances here. Um, but I'll say the, the last of the blended states is dorsal and ventral. Um, and that's going to be more like the, the sweet spot of meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So when I say freeze, this functional freeze area, um, it's a lot of people who are in, in a degree of shutdown, but then we live in a society of go, 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 go. And so you sort of override and functional freeze is that you can look like you're high functioning, but you're actually really like numb and shut down inside. Hmm. To, I mean, there's again, degrees and flavors of yeah. this, but there's a, there's a shutdown inside, but a, a go on the outside because you're overriding. So that's functional freeze. Freeze freeze is like, there's, there's, it's, it's extreme procrastination. Um, it's really sort of like stuck. Uh, it, your system is saying, go, 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 go. And your dorsal is saying, shut down, shut down, shut down. We're dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like depression will be in that, um, that dorsal state again, degrees, and then the sympathetic is going to be more of that anxiety um, or high activation within your system. Congratulations, you passed. <laughs> You're officially awarded your Here for the Truth doctorate, which supersedes all other degrees. You've... I get to wear the silly hat again. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, um, so we often hear this term, like, because you mentioned before, like, in terms of social media, we're feeling into so much more information, so many more things that are going on. Now, in terms of the term or the phrase empath, mm -hmm. right? When someone is 
or you know defines themselves as overly um, sensitive or highly em- em- empathetic how do you define that from a nervous system perspective like what's that great question I haven't really um I, I thought she passed the, I thought she passed the test already and now you're asking is she starting a new test right now this is, this is for my postdoctorate <laughs> apparently yeah um that's a great question what in and and you know I could be completely off piece here but what immediately comes to mind for me is more of the fawn response Mm. that learned behavior of um it it i have to keep the other as focus in order to stay safe you have you have to be highly attuned to how everyone at work whatever around you might be feeling and how they might respond to yes yeah. and this is this is the correspondence to codependency right form yes absolutely 100 percent. i i mean i will say because i love human design um I do think there's a lot of aspects of that as well in terms of if somebody, I do think there's like people who are more empathic um, or more sensitive to others sort of naturally, even in terms of like straight up just being a projector, that's part of my auric design is to feel deeply into the other um, when I'm invited to do so. Um and so I do think there's there's pieces of that that I don't I haven't correlated necessarily with nervous systems specifically yet. So that yeah, is something sure. I'm curious about though. So that might be another well the emotional solar pl- the emotional solar plexus rules the yeah. nervous, system nervous system in in human design. And so um that relates to um, Yeah. So- I mean, even you could explore, you know, Pisces in your chart if you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think there's there's other flavors. Um, and I would say in a nervous system sense that that might be more of that song train training within the system mm-hmm. um, that at some point being highly attuned to others was your way of surviving and staying safe. Yeah, yeah. it's that hypervigilance of other yeah. Hmm. Well, well, well. Any other rapid fire? <laughs> I don't think questions. so. I'm trying to think. Okay. I was just distracted by Rosie. Rosie, our dog, was making some noises. Um, she's shaking off. She's she's helping her nervous system regulate through a little bit of a shaking response. That we're both that we're both occupied and she can't uh, have attention from either one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, she does that. But I mean, it's also interesting to watch animals in that way, on like how they're navigating situations or how they're regulating their systems. Because I mean, that's the big difference in terms of why you know us as humans have to deal with trauma that's resonating through our lives and we're you know having to focus on nervous system and do self-awareness and and investigative work and all of that because we have a system that overrides a lot of these natural impulses so maybe when i was saying earlier of like when i'm you know teaching people or telling people about this how their nervous system works or what might be happening within their system um 
and even these adaptive strategies that they've come up with through their life, it's like a lot of it is just getting back to how we wanted to respond or how we wanted to act that we're not allowing ourselves to do, that we've thwarted. Um, And so being able to tune into oneself and be like, I just really want to shake that off right now. Sometimes people have that, you know, impulse within them and they're not necessarily going to follow it through because they're, you know, in a business meeting or something. And if you, you know, start shaking your body, that would be weird for a lot of people. Um, So it's sort of like this getting back in tune with our animal bodies, with our biology, our physiology in terms of being able to follow what's happening within ourselves and foundationally be able to feel it. I mean, that's a big, big piece of so many of us have been trained out of feeling these things. And so getting back to it, um, but then coming up with ways to express and to allow the energy to move through our systems in appropriate, safe, healthy ways. Um, I love the, I, you know, I, I often coach clients if they have, you know, an impulse coming up or something within their system, like go to the bathroom and do whatever it is in, in some capacity, just to start training your system that you're, that you're moving through it, that you're listening and that you're actually going to, uh, allow it to be there. Um, you know, not getting up and screaming in your boss's face, but can you walk to the bathroom and grr in the stall? You know, can you, can you explain for someone who's, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was going to say, can you explain that? Cause you said grr. So anyone who's not watching, they might've been like, what? So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you snarl? Can you let your animal body respond the way that you actually want to respond? You know, like how, how many of us might want to do something like that at some point, um, someone cuts you off, you know, while you're driving or whatever, or, you know, on the street, someone does something and it would be most likely unsafe slash not the greatest idea to go up to them and go, you cut me off or you bumped into me. You might get punched. You might get punched. That's not safe. That's not a survival instinct, but that's what a lion would do. That's what my kids would do. Right. That's what your kids are doing. And and they, they, they haven't been like socially conditioned yet. And again, socially conditioned isn't bad. We actually need degrees of that. We live in societies. We do have to function. You know, I do think there's all the, these pieces of like teaching your kids manners and all of those things. And at the same time, how can we then have outlets that are safe and healthy? So if you're in your car, snarl, but maybe like turn the other way while you do it so that you're not, you know, staring them down and doing it. And then they have road rage, you know, or if somebody, you know, on the street, something happens like that. It's like, can you go around the, you know, go into a bathroom stall or get into a car when you're home, allow yourself to express it. Yeah. Let it move through Experiences so much awkwardness and discomfort when it comes to the idea of, you know, responding in these these ways. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Because, it, and a lot of the time it's because at some point you got the message that that was unsafe. So how many kids showed some sort of obstinance towards their parents and it didn't go well or showed anger and it didn't go well mm-hmm. in some way, or they did it with, you know, a kid at school and they got in trouble and reprimanded all these things where we're getting the message. What I want to do with the natural impulses is bad and wrong. And I should not do that. So I'm not going to allow myself to do it. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to hold it in. And then as we were saying, like that capacity gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of what we feel safe, what is available to us to express, to be with, within our systems. Um, so it's, it's, it's allowing more of a range. Yeah. More, more access to different colors on the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, Sophie snarls, Sophie snarls at me at least 11 times a day. Show me the snarl, Sophie. <laughs> you actually, I think you'd ask Moses would really, really appreciate that. I think I would. you would actually really praise me for, for doing that because that is an edge for me a lot. Like for me, I'll just make it personal. For me, dorsal is or has been and is still my go-to. Like it's much harder for me to stay in sympathetic. It's much harder for me to show aggression um, to fight and fully, yes, I can do now, but, um, it, it, for me, it's like the go-to is go straight to shut down in some capacity. It, 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 interesting. I, interesting how you married someone who's okay with being in sympathetic. Totally. And that's like something that like, you know, we've talked about a lot of like, you want me to like get more comfortable with the sympathetic with being in that that activated state without going into that shutdown. It's something that I'm, I mean, not to pat myself on the back too much, but um, have grown leaps and bounds in. You've just in our relationship alone, you have grown leaps and bounds. I I remember I'm going to say this because we'll get personal. But I remember the first time like we had gotten to this little like argument and I don't know what I said. I think we were kind of in bed and I think I said like, you know, fuck you, you know, and then she's like, no, fuck you. And I was like smiling. I was so happy that she like came at me that way. It was like the funniest thing. Um, Okay, I want to caveat that. Is that no, what I said was I'm still talking. Okay. That fight I like was pointing at you and I said and I yelled, I'm still talking. And because I remember it so vividly because you sat back. It's funny like, how you're not supposed to perceive I'm still talking as fuck you. No, no, there, there was, listen, obviously we've been together. There's been other, I mean, there's we've been, been together there's, a long there's been time. Other there's moments, been other there's experiences. Been other moments that when she has kind of embraced confrontation and gone into more sympathetic where I've been really happy. Yeah. yeah. You know, because again, being someone who knows this work too, it's like, you know, you want to be more whole. You want to have the the choice. You want to have the ability to decide like what part of you you're going to use in the moment because it's called for. 
And yeah. sometimes, and like, you know, I could be a little bit of a dick sometimes. And so like the fact that she like met me there was like really big for her because, you know, 10 years ago, even before we met, confrontation was like the hugest edge for Sophie. Would you agree with, with that? Yeah. Immediate tears could not handle any kind of confrontation whatsoever. Just immediate puddle and frozen, completely frozen, dissociated. So um, for not, me, not like while that's, what'd you say? Not uncommon. Yeah. And definitely not uncommon. So it's, it's that. Yeah. And it's always a journey. Like, that's what I mean. Like it's still an edge for me, even though it has shifted tremendously. And I'm really proud of that. It's still, it's still something to be aware of. It's still the edge that I'm, that I'm constantly kind like, of just having. When we think about, you know, getting, getting what we want out of life. Like if you can't be self-assertive, if you can't set boundaries, if you can't say no to shitty energy, if you can't say no to the things that you don't want, the friendships that don't really align, if you can't even sense a fake friend, right? Let, let, let alone have that assertion to be like, this isn't serving me. Like how the, how the hell is it? How the hell do you think your life's going to change? How do you think things are going to shift for you? You know, like yeah. me, I, I often say our, our voice is our weapon. It's, it's a machete through the jungle of life, but ultimately it's empowered by the nervous system, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, yes, there's that thing and still say it, even if you're shaking. And at the same time, that's going to, it's going to come off very, very differently in terms of what your state is and where you're saying something. There's different energies behind all of these states. And again, we're, we're these social beings. We're resonating with each other's bodies and beings. So we're feeling all of that. And so it can be like you're in that situation and it's if if you can hold it. Yeah. If you can sense that within yourself and have that capacity within your system to be with it, it's going to have a different impact. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you want something different in your life, you have to be willing to 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 do something different and behave differently. And and I think this is where nervous system work comes into play because if you have been stuck in a certain state, like you mentioned, where confrontation or standing up for yourself or speaking your mind is more difficult. And it's like, you're just, you're not like Joel said, you're not going to get what you, what you need. So then it's like, you have to do the exercise. You have to do the nervous system work. you have to, you know, support yourself in that, in that sense. So then you can, you know, take more ownership over your life and maybe quit your job or leave a relationship or, or just set a strong boundary with a parent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of one of the bylines of rise above the herd, I always tend to use it, is like reclaiming your power, you know, and that's really what this work is as well. You know, it's it's a reclamation of your access to one's power. Yeah. Yeah. And I and as you're saying, I think that really comes from being able to feel oneself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's self-knowledge on such a deep level. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, somatically and understanding what's going on, being able to know what's happening when sensations come up and emotions come up and not to be like wanting to deflect it or not wanting to like deny it. You, you have the capacity to like hold space and like, you know, have tears fall down your eyes without being like, oh, I got to get a tissue. I got to wipe my tissues and I got to do this. I got to do that, which again, that's part of the process. I'm not saying, but ultimately, like, can you be there? Can you feel the rage bubble up? Can you have tears bubble up? You know, and, and to understand that these are aspects of you, you know, like the great Rumi 
uh, poem, The Guest House. You know, how can we treat these different aspects of ourselves, these different emotions, these different states as guests in our home? And, you know, doing the nervous system work is what builds a capacity to create space for these guests to be there and 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 to not to for you not to like push them away or send them out the front door or the back door. Yeah, you're you're building a bigger house. Yeah. You know, yeah. to allow more of these parts in that you can actually be with, converse with, sit down with, have a meal with, all of that. Yeah. It's like when you when you like sincerely engage in this work, like your life's going to change. You can't you can't yeah. you can't change and really grow and you know start to I know it's the wrong word, but like heal you know your nervous system and have your external life not shift at all. Because what you what you to, what you tolerate, you know what you will what you allow, how you respond to everything in your life, it it, it changes, it shifts. Yeah. So, like, when we talk about, like, you know, reality creation, like, this is fundamental. Well, and even the, the like, core of someone's reality shifting, you're shifting your experience of yourself. So, yes, the, out, the outer will change and will shift. But, like, first, you're going to feel that shift. You're going to shift deeply in your your visceral experience of yourself shifts yeah so then how you orient outside is is, is of course shifted by that that's just that that has to happen but that core first within yourself how you're relating to yourself to life to others shifts but mm. your internal experience of self yeah you know, like in in, in a really. sense, you know, when you like upgrade in this way, you you kind of like you're extending an invitation to everyone else to either do this work as well, or or make a different choice themselves, right? Yeah, but the relationship won't be able to be the same. Yeah, I mean, I I I talk about this a lot with clients. This analogy of you know Velcro takes two sides to make something stick. If you remove your side of the Velcro, you know, you, you can't stick to it anymore. There's nothing there to like keep it going. Yeah. The, the other person who still has that, their side of the Velcro might freak out. So this isn't stick. necessarily, yeah, like you're shifting how you're relating. So sometimes I, I, you know, help coach my clients on like have some conversations with people around the fact that you are doing this work so that you're starting to get them acclimated to and aware of that there will be shifts because again like I, I, and and with with extreme compassion the nervous system change is scary for the nervous system it it doesn't know how to keep you safe and help you survive in a new situation. So if you're if you're starting to pretty drastically like shift for a lot of people, maybe it's subtle for other people, shift how you're relating, the other person's nervous system might go like, mayday, mayday, mayday. What just happened? This is how we've always done it. This is how we react. This is this is our 
unconscious dynamic and agreement in how we're going to relate. And now you're all of a sudden doing this other thing. Hmm. And that can feel really threatening. So having those conversations that things might be shifting um, and that you're, if you're willing to like work through it together and shift certain things, but it's like you taking that Velcro off, like they may freak out, but it's like, you now have your center. Yeah. You're now feeling, you're feeling what's out of alignment in a, in a much deeper, more acute way. You're more aware of everything. I mean, I, I think that's a, a big thing of, um, you know, for me on, on more of the spiritual path that I was on and stuff, it was like this idea of at some point I'm going to get to rainbows and butterflies and unicorns at all times. And there's going to be no discord or discomfort. Everything's just going to be incredible and amazing. And with nervous system work, I'd say it's, um, not the opposite, but very, very different because now you're more sensitive, aware, in tune with everything that's happening. So yes, there, there, I would say there's a more um, rainbows and butterflies and, and unicorns, but there's also a little, there's more of the opposite in terms of being able to feel it. If you've been in more of that frozen, shut down dorsal state, you've been numb. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, if you start waking up your system, there's like, more to feel there. It's not, it's not, this isn't, this isn't the easy path. As I said in the beginning, this isn't the quick six. This isn't the pill that you're just going to take and it's going to all be better. This is a difficult, difficult, the right word. This is, the, I mean, it's, it's scary. It's, it's scary. It's scary because you're yeah. shifting a lot. Yeah. It's part of the hero's feel. it's part of the hero's journey. That's you right. Know, you're gonna face Absolutely. challenges. You gotta slay those dragons and and then but what's on the other side? But you're choosing life. Yes. I mean, that's the big thing is like, and and I always get chills, like you just said that I got chills. It's like you're choosing life. You're choosing to be here. You're choosing to experience life and all that it has to offer. You're here, you, your senses come more online. Yeah. So it's like, you're really much more engaged in the good and the bad, like in, in all of it, you're going to feel more of it. Um, and you will have a greater capacity in order to be with it. Yeah. And the only question is, do you value life? Do you value life? I did just finish Atlas Shrugged yesterday. So mm, damn. feeling that, feeling that strongly. Yeah, I, I hear those two words. I, I get goosebumps. <laughs> What'd you think? Yeah. I love it. What'd you think of the book? Oh my God. I'm bummed it's over. Yeah. I don't want to start reading it again right away. Yeah. Um, it's I don't, I don't, such I don't a feel roller coaster. Anything. I haven't found anything like since. <laughs> like it's It's such a roller coaster. I feel like it it rewrites values as you're reading it. Like it's reorganizing pieces inside of me as I was reading it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it. It's so deep. It's so nuanced. I, I love the depth of the like psychological um, 
mining that she did for each of the characters. Mm. I like love for that. me, I'm just like the splitting. character development of each character is so rich. So for somebody who's also very into psychology and stuff like that, it's like, oh my God, it just felt like reading the most enticing case studies. Yeah. I'd love to get into a nervous system analysis of the characters, but oh my god, give away, give away the book. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't do that. It's because it is such an experience. Yeah. Like I feel like people really need to read it. Um, yeah, and it took me so long. I mean, yes, it's a long book, but it was like this, like push pull of anytime I started reading it, that's all I wanted to do because it was so angry. Like I was so engaged in it. And then you'd be like, okay, I have to put it down because I have to like have to do other things with my life. And then I and then I wouldn't pick it up again for like, you know, three weeks to a month or whatever, because I didn't have the time to dedicate like a full week to it at that point. Yeah. And stuff. So I've I've worked my way through it, but I actually really enjoyed it that way because I felt like I could like digest each of the pieces because when i say roller coaster like i feel like it was like so many books in one yeah it's an epic it's an epic yeah. there's so many different sagas built yeah. into it you know was it 1300 pages or something it's a, i think it's 1100 around 11. Yeah, something like yeah. that yeah. yeah 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 um but it's so so good and i and i feel like it really hits so much of that life do you choose life what do you want to experience in this life um, what is available to us as humans and just that, that, that hunger. Yeah. Yeah. This is, and this is what I love about what we do in terms of rise above the herd. You know, being able to blend Ayn Rand with nervous system work, with human design, with self-esteem, with heroism, with deconditioning from some of these new, new age and Eastern ideas and falsities, like just so unique in that regard. But ultimately what it is, it's just the ultimate manifestation of the things that have really evolved us personally Definitely. synthesized into this into this program. Like we, we're simply saying these are the things that are the most potent that worked for us and here it is presented in a form that is most digestible for you for you to for you to do that as well you know yeah. and there's just nothing like that yeah i agree man i love it i mean i i truly truly i know i'm and i'm not actually paying to say this um, <laughs> i really love it i really really love it like i really love what you guys have created and i and i do feel really honored to have been included in it and um and to be able to be part of it because i mean even like before you know my me coming on i went through the course and listened to each of the modules and it's just good stuff like it's so the information is so rich and so deep and yet so accessible. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, I think you coming on board was definitely like a natural evolution of what it is that we were doing. You know, we just had to get to that that point to be able to integrate that piece um, into it. And I'm, I'm glad we found a way because, you know, the course 
it mobilizes a lot of unconscious debris. A lot of yeah. stuff shifts. A lot of your worldviews, a lot of your beliefs, a lot of your dogmas, they're going to be fucking rattled. And like, so yeah. be, being able to now integrate nervous system to have a container and a space for people to integrate that, you know, on a somatic level is just adds an incredible richness, depth, and value to, to what was already there, you know? And like, yeah, the, the course is much deeper um, of an experience as a, as a result. Well, I mean, you know, just the term that you use, holistic. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's, it, 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 Hopefully I bring in more of that holistic experience for people where you are getting that mind shift. You're having to face all these things. And then there's support in terms of giving you tools, techniques, resources, um, and then just the personal calls in terms of uh, helping you move through that, yeah. helping you process that a little bit quicker through your system rather than just doing it solo and on your own having that extra bit of support and, you know, a little feminine touch in there totally. too with, with you two awesome guys. Um, I think, you know, I just love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. No, for sure. And like, I think, I think like with the three of us, like we fully invest, you know, it, someone's decided to exchange value to like learn from us. Like we fully invest in whoever's on board. We're there, we're deep you know, as personal as needed to be, like we're there literally like holding your hand in whatever capacity is required. And like in the past, one of the courses that I've done, I haven't got, I really haven't like for most of the, most of the time gotten that level of engagement, you know, from the creators or from the coaches. So I just think that's another thing, um, which I guess sets it apart. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, this feels like a pretty natural cadence, I guess, for this, for this podcast. But, you know, super, super grateful to be connected to you. You know, it's been an interesting journey since watching that Unslaved episode back in 2020, 20, late 2020, early 2021 now. Yeah. Um, you know, and just to see our own realities shift and evolve and manifest in different ways as a result of our own engagements with one another. And knowing ourselves plus knowing each other, learning each other's strengths, learning and discovering where our visions are aligned, where our values are aligned, how we can make things work for all parties and, you know, really make a fucking big impact. And I feel like that's what we've been doing through these worlds colliding. And it's exciting to me. And I'm excited to, to keep, keep on going down that path. Yeah. And I think that that really, really stems from I believe all of us holding that as such a high value personally within ourselves to personally continue the self-awareness um, journey to get deeper, deeper into our own understandings and following our own values, what our strengths are, what we want to be doing for you guys, what's lighting you up, what's that you know full-bodied yes for you, for me feeling that invitation of, what do I want to, you know, go into and, and do I feel recognized in the situation and all of that. But I really think that the nervous system works, the biological work is really that such a deep sitting within oneself and then relationships shift as mm -hmm. we were saying, but you're, you're relating like 
I feel like I can relate differently with you guys through even deeper work with myself. And so all three of us doing that. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's well said. I don't know if I have anything to add to what you two awesome human beings just said, but um, I feel very blessed to be on this journey. Uh, obviously, it's a gift being married to you, Sophie. And, um, you know, Joel, just pretty, pretty awesome the last couple of years. Uh, and just want to keep going man. just want to keep living our life, keep tweaking, keep growing as individuals and, and give our gift in the world and provide uh, impact um, and just see people step more into who they're born to be. You know, not, it's not a cliche statement, really. Like you are a unique seed of consciousness. You have a purpose. What is that? You know, do you know what that, what that is? Do you love yourself and accept yourself in the deepest levels to, to want to, to go on this journey? And this is what we're about. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, nothing more to be said here. Um, you know, spots, are still available for Rise Above the Herd around seven. If you feel inspired from this conversation, hit the link in the brief or head to riseaboveTheHerd.co and you can sign up. And also, Sophie's doing a monthly call inside a membership community. You know, Friends of the Truth and monthly nervous system tune-up calls hosted there. So if you want to get your feet wet, you know, inside Friends of the Truth, that link's also in the brief. And should you join, we're three of us here and we look forward to meeting and connecting with you. And, you know, being there. Yeah. Yeah, I want I wanna I wanna just say one thing too. Sophie did an awesome uh presentation for uh what was it? Uh an Arcapoco nonconformist series. What yeah, was it? An online an online series that Anarcopoco on Anarcopoco put on um called the nonconformist series. And yeah, I was asked to speak on that because they saw me on Unslaved. Um and now Yerasmus and I have been asked to come on and present on the main stage in february down there in person so, so super excited about that yeah definitely looking forward to it it'll be cool just again just to connect with other uh freedom-minded folks and uh just to build stronger deeper relationships and you know get a lot of this you know this knowledge out there a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today around awakening somatic intelligence and uh the importance of self-esteem so you know we'll keep doing our thing blessed to, to be on this journey with you all thanks for listening thanks for the support uh, really, if you find resonance in what we're doing and in the episodes, like share them with the people in your life. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and also we'll put Sophie's direct contact information for anyone that wants to get in contact with her as well um, in the brief. All right, y'all. Much love. Peace. Thank you. Smoke and mirrors. I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms because they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution.